0: Hey, it's me, it's the Priceline Negotiator, known as William Shatner, and I'm here because we've all been getting less lately. Less sunshine, less bang for your buck, less fun. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) That's why I'm negotiating to get you more. Thanks to my deal-making skills, Priceline saves travelers over $1 billion every year. That's almost $2,000 a minute. And when you save up to 60% on hotels and get exclusive deals on rental cars and flights, you can have more. More sunshine, more family, more fun, more thank you for negotiating. No, 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 please. No, no need to thank me. No, it's all for you. At Priceline, we know every trip is a big deal. So when you're ready to travel, visit Priceline.com for amazing deals that will help you get more out of your next trip.
1: Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. Now, that is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at 1-877-528-8255. My guest this hour is Glenn Kimball, and we're going to be talking about uh, everything from the Koran and... Subjects that you're going to find very, very interesting. However, before I get to my good friend uh, Glenn, uh, the top five signs your email inbox is too full. Uh, Number one, your computer burps. Number two, emails are actually spilling out onto the floor. Number three, you're getting death threats from the IT guy. Number four, your laptop has put on 50 pounds. And number five, your email program has gotten a hernia. There you go. The top five signs that your email mailbox is too full. And uh, joining me now is Glenn Kimball. And Glenn, how are you, my good friend? I'm doing very good. How are you, Rob? Ah, I'm doing fine, thanks. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. It's always a pleasure having you on, uh, because you are one of the most interesting guys I know, and how's the university doing?
2: It's doing very well. Uh, my my email is overflowing and there. I guess that's <laughs> what the hernia is on the screen there. <laughs>
1: So, so how many students have successfully gone through your, your, your university?
2: Well, it's not, a, it's not a coursework where you have to do them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been thousands of people who have taken individual classes. Uh, uh, there's been five or 600 people to follow us every month.
1: My goodness.
2: Uh, on a continuous basis and then considerably more who take the classes individually because the topics of interest to them.
1: Now, Glenn, uh, have you found uh, an increase in people who are who are getting so interested in our past and how it applies to our present and our future?
2: Well, there's there's little doubt that there's a a smaller percentage than you might think, uh, but the, but there is a. Con, oh, I would suggest maybe ten or fifteen percent of the people who 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 express loneliness, mm-hmm. they feel like they have gotten to the point where they know so. Much about history that they can no longer talk to their spouses, their friends, or anybody at a bar. Of course, you and I could, but uh, sure,
1: (laughs) you you and I, you and I could have fun no matter where we were.
2: (laughs) That's true, (laughs) and that's my problem: is that people follow me home all the time.
1: (laughs) Now, now, what does your family uh, feel when the next morning, when you've been out and they come downstairs for breakfast and there's all these strange people around?
2: I think that I'm the strangest of them all. I call myself the junkyard dog. Uh, uh, There's the the junk all around, but the dog is the big one, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to be talking about this hour, Glenn? I know we're going to be talking about the Koran. We're also going to be talking about the Pope. We're, of course, going to be talking about ancient manuscripts and how people can learn more about you and and the great work that you do, um, letting people know what the actual history of this great planet of ours is.
2: Well, the, the biggest problem that we have in our day and age is that we see we see once again how culture has shaped our view of history, mm-hmm. uh, and especially with regard to the Islamic regime at this moment. Um, 99.9% of the people who are Islam uh, are very peace-loving people, have a great mm-hmm. moral code, uh, are above reproach, and then we have the idiots out there. Uh, and the idiots out there are the people who believe that the... That the Quran is unchangeable. Uh, we're going, through in the, we're going through the period of time in the Islamic regime that the Christianity did during the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, to where, uh, those, those who are the radical elements of Islam would like to kill everybody who suggests for any reason that the Koran isn't the exact words of, of God.
1: Well, you know what? I've got to do something here that you know well about. It's called a commercial break. Glenn Kimball and I will be back on the other side of this break, www.ancientmanuscripts.com. My name's Rob McConnell. We'll be back in two minutes right here on the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away. So you are a star. Okay.
2: Okay. Nobody knows you like I do, and you will go far, okay.
1: Welcome back to the Exxon Radio Show. We are broadcasting live from our studio in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. That's right, the home of Red Green, Dave Smith. (laughs) Let's see, what else is Hamilton known for? Well, we're a beautiful city. We're a steel town. We're on the shores of Lake Ontario in between uh, between Niagara Falls and uh, Toronto. What else are we famous for? Well, let's see, we're the home of the Exxon. Hey, there you go. There's a claim to fame. And um, we're coming to you live on the Talk Star Radio Network. Glenn Kimball's our very special guest. And um, Glenn is an author, educator, and lecturer. He has successfully completed all courses on a Ph.D. in communications. He was the former president of International Exchange School and has taught school at Southern Illinois University. He has been collecting ancient texts since the age of 15 and is famous for being able to integrate a very diverse text into a, uh, a very direct, honest, and sincere storyline. Now, due to censorship of time and doubt, most of the documents and oral stories chronicling the early life of Jesus were destroyed, lost, or forgotten. After 25 years of research, during which time uh, Glenn visited museums, Indian tribes, medicine men, and universities, he assembled some of the missing links and solved the mysteries of Christianity. And Glenn, when we talk about uh, the truth behind history, we're finding out in this day and age that history as we understand it was not really how it happened. For example, Christopher Columbus did not discover North America... Um, nobody talks about the central Mediterranean uh, countries and people traversing the Atlantic Ocean to do trade with Central America. And when you look at the, the, the falsification of, of these historical accounts, I can only imagine how misinformed we are about the biblical times and the ancient texts.
2: Well, that's absolutely right. And it, it gets even worse at, from the time of Mohammed. Uh, Mohammed uh, came at, at, a, at a very critical juncture in history. It came right after the creation of, of, of Catholicism, or I call it Roman Christianity. I, I have every respect for that. My wife's Catholic, for heaven's sake. Um, um, and, and it came about 300 years after the Nicene Council. <clears throat> and By that time, uh, Christianity and Judaism. Had screwed everything up so badly that it was almost incalculable the damage that they had done. Uh, they had lost millions of texts, uh, millions of illusions. Much, most of the story. Uh, for example, one of the one of the classes that we're doing this month is on the Gospel of John the Baptist. And I'll bet there's not one single person in your listening audience who's ever heard of such a thing. Um, and, and yet the the uh, Templars wrote about. Uh, had the sayings of John the Baptist, and, and there was a gospel of John the Baptist that existed, and and in our day it's lost. And how many of those th- things there are? Are there? Well, I'd, I'd like to tell you maybe there's a dozen. Well, we'll try hundreds of thousands of them. My goodness. Uh, and, and and it's scary, and especially with regard to Mo- with with Islam. We, uh, as I was suggesting at the top of the uh, at the top of the hour. I, only you can only i can do this with you but there's a little joke to illustrate this point and that takes about a minute is sure. that fair it is fair okay well jesus and peter have a relationship and so peter's watching the pearly gates mm-hmm. and and jesus he 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 decides that he has a constitutional event that he needs to take place he goes and he says jesus will you watch the gates for a minute i'm going to be gone for a few minutes so Jesus is no problem. So he goes out and watches the pearly gates, and he sees a little old man walking up the pearly path, and he looks at the man and he goes, My goodness, that man looks terribly familiar to me. And the little old crooked man raises his head and he goes, That young man looks terribly familiar to me, too. And so by the time the little old man reaches Jesus, Jesus says, You know, you look so terribly familiar to me. You 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 look like someone I haven't seen for a long time. You almost look like my father. And the little old man looks at him and he goes That's amazing. I haven't seen my son for a very, very long time, and you you you, you could be his spinning image. And then Jesus goes Joseph and the little old man goes Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me, but that's how well we understand Christianity. Okay. We've missed the point entirely. And Mohammed knew this during his day. You he know what? Knew, I've got to stop but,
1: you here because you know, I would I when you were talking about John the Baptist, you know, like I thought of something and I and I kind of let it go by because I figured, nah, I can't do this to Glenn.
2: But you know <laughs> You
1: know what John the Baptist's favorite saying was, eh?
2: No, where was that?
1: No, let's not lose our head over this.
2: <laughs> well, John the Baptist and Jesus uh, were very great friends. They mm-hmm. were family members. Obviously, knew who each other were. Yep. But the way we remember John the Baptist and Jesus is very differently. There were whole churches who thought that John the Baptist was the Messiah. The Mandaeans were one of those people, and the Templars were one of those people. Is one of those groups of people too. And so that's why when you go to Jerusalem, that some of those caves that were found here a couple of years ago yep. beneath the Temple Mount had pictures of John the Baptist, but did not have pictures of Jesus on the walls of those enormous uh, halls that are, uh, that are six or seven letters deep beneath the Temple Mount. They, they only had John the Baptist. It's because the Templars had been beneath the Mount for nine years and, and had de- depicted in their, in their, in their pictures uh, John the Baptist, but didn't mention Jesus at all. And so many people, by the time of of the Templar movement, believed that John the Baptist was a straight shooter and that Jesus was a false prophet. Uh, <clears throat> and the reason for that is totally lost in our decade. We we have no clue what the original problem was between John the Baptist and Jesus. And it's it's really quite clear uh, that what really had happened was is that. Uh, John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was the head high priest of the temple when he was born, which means that he was the guardian of what we call the temple protocol. Now, we have a view of what went on inside the temple of Solomon and the temple of Herod as being, hey, you go in, you slaughter a couple of lambs, you do a couple of dove things, and or else you burn some incense and that's your day of worship. I'm sorry, that's not what was going on inside these temples what was going on inside these temples took a full 6 hours to perform uh, it was an entire school uh, it was the knowledge of the gods it was it was it was amazing what they taught in these temples as a matter of fact there were people who would go into the temple and sleep in front of the uh, in front of the veil and and would would uh, be wakened in the middle of the night by the high priest and and from their dreams they would solve their own illnesses and they would see visions of of nuclear physics and they would see the astronomy of the universe where do you think we got these things The scientists today think well they had to come from aliens i mean that's the only way we could have figured out how to move great big stones well that's not how they did it at all uh... the way that these people in the ancient world did it is they had these very ancient temples where they had certain kind of rites where they would go in and they would discover the knowledge of the universe that's where they got the information from uh, so John the Baptist represented that particular movement, this protocol that was going on inside these temples. And his father Zachariah was the head high priest of the temple. When Jesus came on the scene, he said, he he made the comment that the the temples had become places where were thieves of uh, thieves and robbers. And the last thing he did before he was crucified was he overturned the money changers' tab- tables at the that surrounded the temple that were really called the bazaars of Annas. Annas, his five sons, and his son-in-law, Caiaphas, had been in charge of the temple for for a very long time and turned it into a place to make enormous sums of money. And Jesus found that to be patently offensive. But Jesus never did work inside of a temple. And so here you have this. And Jesus said, I am the way to go to heaven. And here's the guys with the temple protocol saying, we're the way to go to heaven. So you have a natural two diversity happening between these people of John the Baptist and these people of Jesus both of them claiming to know the way to heaven when in fact Jesus and John the Baptist never had an argument in their life they were very they were very uh, close together and, and thought the same ideals but but the churches that, that 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 came out of this movement were very diverse indeed and hated each other to the point where in the Spanish Inquisitions that Friday the 13th 1307 the Pope actually, Executed an extermination order, and had them burned at the stake. The Templars who believed in John the Baptist. So you know, and we're going through that very same kind of thing now with Islam, because now we have found these uh, in the in the uh, mosque in Sana, which is down in Yemen, at the very far tip of Saudi Arabia. They were there were some German people helping to restore that mosque, and they found stuffed in the attic, great big volumes of nothing other than the Koran, various versions of it. Well, you don't tell the Islamic world that there were a lot of different versions of the Koran, because that's tantamount to getting yourself bombed. That's <laughs> that's why half of the colleges in California have refused to allow in their curriculum any mention of study about the Koran or Islam for fear of this Islamic terrorism regime. Uh, I find that the, the perfect way to ignorance.
1: That's right. And you know what, Glenn? I've been saying for for years that the major problem with society and why there are so many wars is that we refuse to acknowledge, understand, and communicate our... Misunderstanding and, ex- and exchange our beliefs with our fellow citizens of this planet.
2: That's correct. We all want to own the story.
1: Yeah, well, we, we've we... got to take another commercial break with the news, uh, Glenn. Please stand by. Glenn Kimball's our very special guest. His website is www.ancientmanuscripts.com. And exonation, if you'd like to give us a call and share your opinions, lines are open at one eight seven seven five two eight. Eight two five five. That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. 528 8255 My name's Rob McConnell, Glenn Kimball, and I will be back on the other side of this news break with our commercial set as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away.
3: This is a really scary question. Is your home mortgage payment about to double? Did you get one of those teaser rate home mortgages several years ago? Is your short-term fixed-rate home mortgage loan getting ready to adjust automatically? Then, your friends in the money business Prime Pacific Capital say you do need to listen to this. Lending companies nationwide are rapidly changing their approval guidelines. Prime Pacific Capital is a nationwide broker that will work hard to get you into a solid long-term fixed-rate mortgage. Call Prime Pacific Capital for a free loan consultation before your loan converts to an adjustable rate and your payments double. Don't delay. We specialize in all credit grades. Pick up the phone today and call 1-866-464-1800. Talk to a Prime Pacific Capital Loan specialist. Call 1-866-464-1800. 1-866-464-1800.
0: Your blood sugar level is a serious matter. Get some help from Enhancelin the natural dietary supplement that promotes balanced blood sugar levels. Here's what people are saying about Enhancelin Enhancelin does balance out my blood sugars. So I don't go through any highs or lows. It has given me a lot of energy. I just feel great. Take one capsule before meals. It's that easy. Enhancelin reduces the absorption of sugar through the intestines. It's the natural way to reduce the amount of sugar getting into your body.
3: I think anybody who's going through diabetes, too, should really take the enhancement. It
0: works. It actually works. With
3: I can smile again.
0: For help managing your blood sugar, call now to order Enhancelin. 1-800-480-5242. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. So call 1-800-480-5242. Call today and receive a free 30-day supply with your order. Call 1-800-480-5242. That's 1-800-480-5242.
1: Symbols, our special guest www.ancientmanuscripts.com uh, Glenn, we were talking about the Koran and um, isn't aren't there similarities between the Koran and what's in the Bible?
2: Well, there are. Um, uh, certainly the Koran has the entire story of Jesus in it. Uh, mm-hmm. It has the story of the, of the family of Christ in it. Uh, the reality is that the uh, uh, that Muhammad received the Qur'an, supposedly dictated by, by uh, Gabriel, on the Temple Mount where Jesus was crucified. Uh, he also uh, had another vision of heaven and hell on that very same site. And a lot of people say, well, he was never there. He, he did that by remote control or of, of some way. But uh, Mohammed was a uh, was a camel merchant, and I, I can't imagine him not having the ability to go from Medina into. Into Jerusalem at any given moment in time. He may not have. Uh, many of the scholars in our day suggest that he never crossed uh, west of the Jordan River, but uh, uh, I don't think that that would have been impossible, uh, certainly not a, an imp- impro- improbable idea. But uh, the, the, the problem with the Quran is to be rea- in, in reality is that uh, even though there was a copy of it uh, made during Muhammad's life, uh, it was largely an oral document, uh, and this oral document had many, because it was an oral document, there were many versions of it, and that shouldn't be a shameful thing. Um, many of the books of the Old Testament were oral documents. Uh, there have been many oral documents. For example, the, the Mayan calendar is an oral document, and by the way, the Mayan calendar has on, that, uh, on the surface of it uh, the entire protocol of the ancient temple, and they believed in dreams, and that that's where they were getting their information from. There are a lot of people who suggested the Mayans were getting their information from aliens. Well, the Mayans never said that. The Mayans said they got it from their temples. But in any case, when we get back to Mohammed, Mohammed figured he was trying to uh, uh, to to correct the problems with Christianity, the problems with Judaism that existed in the 7th century A.D., and trust me, it was a complete nightmare. Uh, there, there was so much confusion, so many divisions, so much warfare, uh, so much uh, distrust and hatred being fomented at that time, that uh, no wonder uh, a person like Mohammed would come on the scene and say, look, I really don't care about starting a new church. I would really like to unscrew the one that we already have, you know. But uh, now in our days, uh, we, we have this improbable suggestion that Mohammed instit- instituted the only faith that ever existed in the world, which his was the Johnny-come-lately, to say the least, um, and that he, he had the entire truth in the Quran. Uh, that's, that's, for all our good Islamic people, I understand your faith, I appreciate your goodness, but that is completely preposterous. Every bit as much as that, Christians believe that their Bible is complete, or that the Jews believe that the five books of Moses were complete, or or anything improbable. Or then the Mayans felt that their Shalom Balam and uh, and, uh, et cetera was was complete. None of those were complete.
1: So, so what is look at them all? What is the truth, Glenn?
2: The truth is really quite complicated, but it can can be simplified to a. To a kind of a simple equation, and then it gets more complicated from there. Uh, there were there have been five epochs of time where people were were human beings were on the earth, and the fact that we have lost the records of the four earlier epochs of time uh, is is a testament to the fact that we destroy our own documents. We we as human beings are famous for the destruction of our own history. We look at these great buildings and the great science, and there, there were, you know, at the time of Mu, and we're doing a class on Mu this month, at the time of the civilization of Mu, they had the ability with their towers to create weather. Uh, they had the ability to fly. They certainly had the ability, they, they, had, they had risen their agricultural ability to the state of the air where they didn't have to plan anymore. Uh, they were able to eat off the off the land. The, the land provided them with their their food, uh, and and we can say no, that's not the case. But I'm sorry, we have the hard evidence. We have the stone structures there. We have the writings about what they did. We have the artifacts about what they did did. Uh, Mike, ask Michael Cremo if you want to get a a whole bunch of that yeah. stuff. Michael's a, a hero in our day for speaking out about. He sure is. Things. You know, I. I Michael and I would disagree on the religious issues, but I don't think it's possible to view history without viewing it through the eyes of, of a person's uh, most cherished beliefs. Uh, if you leave that out, that's, a, that's like, uh, you know, leaving out the college degree out of college. Uh, people taught via their religions, and they acquired their knowledge via their religions. Uh, they didn't. They didn't acquire it in some some uh, uh, ancient distro- uh, uh, conservatory of, uh, of uh, with a telescope looking at the heavens. They didn't have telescopes which were capable of viewing the the stars in the way we do today. And yet they had knowledge of those stars. Uh, they had knowledge of the movements of the planets. How did they get that knowledge? They get it conveniently from some spaceship that came down and says, oh, by the way, uh, here's a piece of knowledge that you need to have. No, that's not what happened at all. Uh, they got it because inside each and every one of those, us is a connection with a fourth-level society, and that, and that's kind of where I wanted to get to. Uh, Mishu Kaku talks about three levels of society. He says there's a society ahead of us that has the power to control the energy of a planet, the second level is that as a society that has the the power and the ability to control the energy of a solar system. Then he says the highest one is a, a society that has the power and capability of controlling the energy of a of a galaxy. And my comment is why did you stop there? You know, because there are there are beings out there that are spoken of in these manuscripts that had the power to create the universe. Every bit of it. They did not need little spaceships to travel around. That would have been a preposterous thing. They can come and go at will, and we have millions upon millions of that. those kind of stories in our society where someone will pop up in the middle of nowhere, perform a rescue, you turn around, and they're gone. Are I
1: mean, they still? Are they still making those pop-in visits in today's society?
2: I've had one pop in on me.
1: All right, I tell me about it. it. Tell me about it.
2: Well, I was about to throw my first book away, Mm -hmm. uh, the one uh, called The Hidden Stories of the Childhood of Jesus. And I thought to myself, you know, uh, who in the world would read a book about Jesus written by an idiot like me? And I'm being very candid here, Rob. I said it would ruin my family. It would ruin my reputation. I would get flack forever. I just don't know whether I'm up for the grief. I learned about writing this book, from a near-death experience that I had. But anyway, I had the text in my hand, and I was at work. And I, I took the stapled manuscript, and I was headed to the garbage can with it. I raised my arm. I'd already closed the doors and locked them. And this man walked in. And I <laughs> I thought, good grief. I thought I'd just lock that door. And this man had the most amazing Ocean-colored eyes I had ever seen in my life, and trust me, I'm colorblind. I can't see colors. I saw a color I had never imagined existed. He sat down at the counter, and uh, and I said, can I help you? And he said, no, but I can help you. And, you know, I'm kind of flippant. I said, I don't need insurance. Okay? (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what I said. (laughs) You you know me too well, Rob. (laughs) <laughs> and this guy kind of smirked, and he said, "No." He says, "I want you to know that we know that you're about to throw your manuscript in the garbage. Do not do that. for tens of thousands of people will benefit." And I it scared the crud out of me because no one could have known what I was thinking at that instant in time. I was alone. And I dropped everything in my hands. I bent over to pick it up. I stood up, and he was gone. And I had shaken this man's hand. I was totally awake. I could, I'd recognize him if I saw him again. Um, this, this person didn't come in a little spacecraft. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't flash me a beam of light. Uh, he came. He knew my mind gave me a piece of information which has been the underpinning of what I do in my life. I mean, and he's not the only one. I mean, how many people do you know that you have on your radio program that were had a flat tire on the freeway and someone appeared out of nowhere yeah. and fixed the flat tire and they turned around and he was gone? You hear these stories all the time. I hear him, I hear them incessantly.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, I had a guy tell me one time, he says, I'm an atheist and you can never convince me. And I says, if I have an hour with you, I bet I could convince you. He says, okay, you got an hour. And he was the printer of the cover of one of my books. And I said, I'm not going to try and convince you. I just want you to run through your memories. And I says, isn't there something strange that happened to your life? And he says, nothing's ever strange ever happened to me in my life. And he said, he said, well, hold on a minute. There was that one little strange thing. I was driving down, down Van Nuys Boulevard in California, in Los Angeles. And I heard this voice in my car that said, go around the block. And he says, I went around the block, and there was a car upside down on the other side of the block. And it was my mother. Oh, my God. And he said, I hope He says, that was a little odd. And I said, you're telling me that, <laughs> that you heard a voice in your car, told you to go around the block, and your mother's car is upside down on the other side, and you don't think something strange is going on? <laughs> you know
1: so who are these people who pop into our lives at our moments well the bible of need?
2: called them the watchers um, these are people from a former epoch of time one of the four epochs of time who had developed their goodness to a state where they were granted the ability to live with one foot in both in both uh, positions one to be at the foot of this fourth-level dimension being, which we call God, and the other foot here on the earth. And they were allowed to tarry until the coming of the Messiah. Now, I know that sounds terribly religious to people who are not religious at all. Well, too bad, so sad. I I can't help that, okay? But these watchers, there were thousands of them, thousands of these beings who had been given that promise. And they come and they go, and they come and they go. And you can say, well, I've never had that experience, but I promise you that if you ask ten people in your life if they've ever heard of this, someone in their immediate surroundings will have had that experience or something close to it.
1: Is that why the uh, the Jehovah Witnesses call their magazine the Watchtower?
2: Without any question. Without any question. I, 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 we know that the, we know that the Templars uh, depicted in the Rosalind Cathedral, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Watchers—they call them what? I mean, look at the look at the Old Test Old Testament, the book first book of the Bible. It's uh, in Genesis. It says uh, that uh, that when Adam and Eve came here, the men of old and the men of renown were already here. Yes. Well, who were these men of old and men of renown? If, if Adam and Eve were the first persons here, who were the old guys? Who are the renowned guys that were already here? Well, <laughs> they were worthy enough to be, uh, be interested in, in the daughters of Adam and Eve. Well, mm-hmm. first of all, Daniel, in the book, of, the book of Daniel, he talks about having been taught by one of the watchers, and many of the old prophets in their temple experience had watchers come to visit them and teach them. And, and I could tell you more about my own life, but, you know, I'm the junkyard dog, and uh, I don't mean to bore you with me. And I'm nobody special and never would claim to be someone special. I mean, there's a lot of guys like Jimmy Jones and David Koresh who believe that because they had an experience that that makes them meritorious of being the prophet and the leader of his religious movement. And trust me, that ain't me. <laughs> and it won't be me ever.
1: Tell me, uh, do you think that we're in the biblical end times?
2: We absolutely, I absolutely do. The Mayans knew it. The Christians talked about the millennial era of time. Mm-hmm. The Chinese knew it. They talked about the final the final uh, astrology epoch of time. We're in that epoch of time. Um, the Egyptians knew about it. They spoke about this epoch of time. Um, there were to be five ages of men. And at the very end of that age of men, would come a cataclysm, and then would come a new thousand years of, of what they call millennial peace or a new epoch of time, according to the Mayans, where, th- where there would only be one government, there would only be one religious faith, that things would change uh, for the better. Um, Christians say the devil will be bound. Uh, uh, the Jews talk about it. Um, no, Everybody. Obama's talked about it. Uh, I mean, we, we could go through a, a liturgy of, uh, of, of hundreds of people. Glenn, stand by. I've got to take my
1: commercial that. break. Glenn Kimball's our special guest, www.ancientmanuscripts.com. When we come back, more with Glenn Kimball and our final wrap-up of tonight as the Exxon is soon over for this week right here on the Talk Star Radio Network.
3: It's bad enough if you suffer asthma, but as a parent, the agony of watching your child struggling for breath must be agony beyond measure. What if there was a natural, effective, drug-free answer to asthma? You'd want to know, wouldn't you? Well, I've been reading up on a little-known clinical trial at a major hospital that suggests you can be rid of asthma, asthma symptoms, and sinus and allergy symptoms to breathe easily, calmly, and in a more natural, relaxed way. It's guaranteed, or you get your money back, and you've got 90 days to decide. Look it up for yourself online at healthstarproducts.com, H-E-A-L-T-H, healthstarproducts.com. You've got 90 days to decide if this program works for you. If it doesn't, you get your money back. Go to www.healthstarproducts.com.
1: back to the Exxon, everyone. First of all, I hope each and every one of you have a super safe weekend, and I look forward to being back with you Monday night as the Exxon continues here on the Talkstar Radio Network. I'd like to thank our guest tonight, Ed, but uh, Les Bedrogi, my good friend, uh, who is the man behind invasec.com and ask, AskAPI.org. Pastor Harry Walther was with us talking about Satan's rapture. Elizabeth Joyce did Psychic. Readings for one and all who gave us a call on one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five, and our guest this hour, Glenn Kimball, talking about ancient manuscripts. As always, Glenn, great having you on the show. But the time goes by too fast when you're with us, my friend.
2: Well, um, it, it does, and and thank you. And by the way, I'm not saying anything against those who are alien investigators. Mm-hmm. A- aliens are nothing more than contemporaries. The same. The same level of society that we are rougher plus or minus
1: so so glenn the watchers um are, are they like angels
2: well they call them angels but the angels are very different uh they, they come in a variety of different categories and that's probably a topic for another time uh, uh, Angel, angels, when you say, who are the angels, mm-hmm. uh, to boil them down to one single entity is a complete fabrication uh, because they, they, they occupy different purposes, and some of them lived here and some of them did not. Obviously, the Watchers who uh, married into the family of Adam and Eve did live here, and they were called angels. Uh, so uh, some of them did and some of them didn't. We we'd talk about... Uh, who they were and 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 how we categorize them in, in in some future program. but but the but the fact remains is that Islam's going to have to calm down because Islam, there's nothing a single bit wrong with Islam. You have to you have to be able to understand that there were more, there was at least six versions of the Quran that Uthman left with us. Uh, the 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 Quran was as good a rendition as an oral tradition can be, and to the extent that it makes people happy and, and have moral values and, and, and live successful lives, I think that's terrific. Anyone who's out there uh, doing uh, terrorism or, or bombing innocent people, you cannot think that that's going to take you anywhere near to a fourth-level society, human beings who believe that evil mm-hmm. is, in fact, the ending in and of itself.
1: Well said, my friend. Well said. Listen, Let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and about your uh, university.
2: Well, you can go to com. You can get individual copies of the classes. There are audio books. I have a variety, uh, several hundred books that are available on the site. Some of them you cannot find in America. Some of them I've got worldwide. I, I highly recommend people getting a copy of the Drama of the Lost Disciples if you don't have one. Uh... Begin there, it's launched 60 different careers. If you don't have a copy of He Walked the Americas, uh, you are foolish. Uh, L. Taylor Hanson, who did not have a religion to tout. Uh, from Glenn, Cal- I'm sorry
1: we've run out of time, buddy, but thanks again. You'll be back on again regards to the family. Glenn Kimball, Com. To my producer tonight, Bill Madden, thanks, Bill, nice working with you again. Thanks for keeping us up on those three satellites in the sky, Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7 and Aglia 2, and on TalkstarRadio.com streaming audio. To my wife and senior producer, the lovely and talented Miss Laura Rogers, thank you, sweetheart. And uh, to you, the XO Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day, your night, no matter where you are. So until Monday night, have a super safe weekend. Enjoy yourself, love each other. And always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light.